This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to another week of uh, programmes here on uh, C103. And I want to start with a request for one of a lady who's described as one of our loyal listeners. A big shout out to my mother, it says, Agnes Hegarty from Ahakista on her birthday today. Wishing you a very happy birthday, Agnes. And the message from your daughter is, sorry, we can't be with you to celebrate, but hopefully we will be soon. And that's lots of love uh, to you, Agnes, from your daughter, Anne, and all of the family in Cork. Agnes. Hegarty Ahakista happy birthday to you Agnes and as last year a lot of people weren't able to celebrate birthdays and it looks like we're rolling into another year where we can't have the usual celebrations but this too will pass and we'll all be back together and we'll have one great big party I think at the end of us John Paul is taking your calls at 1850 We welcome your thoughts throughout the morning or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 I spotted something this morning it was uh, released under a Freedom of Information Act and to the Irish Independent where they got in contact with the Freedom of Information just to find out what kind of uh, commentary has gone into Met Aaron and what kind of complaints and gripes? What do people write to Met Aaron about to say that they're not happy with the forecasts that we get every single day? 365 days of the year, the good staff of Met Aaron are hard at work and some of the complaints. This is for last year alone. 87 complaints went into Met Aaron by people who were unhappy with the weather forecasts. For example, some of the complaints. One complaint to one person complained to the National Weather Forecaster. They were annoyed that their plans to meet up with friends were cancelled. Why? Due to what they claimed was your false forecast. My summer has already been ruined by COVID-19 and then finally I thought I'm able to see my friends since lockdown has been lifted and you have been ruining my days by giving me false weather forecasts. This is so disappointing. I just want to live my youth said the complainant. <laughs> and that was sent to Let Aaron uh, on the 30th of June. Then records also show a Donegal resident wrote to Met Aaron in February. Now, this would have been before COVID had even, even hit to say that they were in the hospitality business. And our business is being repeatedly devastated by overly pessimistic forecasting from your office. This is costing millions in lost business in trade along the western seafront in particular. Little did they know what COVID was going to do to their trade. Then in June, the service was contacted by somebody to say, I spent the afternoon in hot Crosshaven carrying a raincoat based on an iPhone weathercast. It is now 1800 hours and no sign of inclement weather. Imagine. 
Imagine taking the time. You'd had a lovely day in beautiful Crosshaven and a warm, beautiful summer, summer's day. And because you carried a raincoat with you, you thought, well, I'm going to complain to Met Aaron about it. This is just not uh, good good enough. Now, in the same month in June, they seem to get a lot of, of complaints in the month of June. A farmer from County Offaly who was frustrated trying to plan for hay silage or tough turf cutting set. I'm tearing my hair out at this stage. After listening to ye on RTE for the last few days predicting lots of rain and thunderstorms because we just haven't got it. I'm a little browned off at this stage. <laughs> Midland farmers matter. That's how that complaint end. And then a separate letter again written in June claimed that while the complainant was listening to a weather forecast on the radio they noticed that the presenter raised their tone when sunshine was mentioned and then dropped it when talking about rain. The complainant felt that after very little rain, a day's rain now is something that would be more than welcomed across the country. And it went on to say, presenters should be more in tune with the mood of the country with regards to the weather and difficult, uh, with, with regards to the weather and difficult weather, a drought is difficult weather in particular and reflect this by presenting the forecast. Now, Ms. Aaron, by the way, they do respond and they issued a respond to all of the complainants uh, throughout the year and it pointed out that it can only issue warnings based on the weather it is seen and its concern is for people's lives and livelihood. It adheres to very strict guidelines when issuing warnings and they also talk about particularly for people who complained that you said there was going to be thunderstorms and there wasn't thunderstorms. They were saying that thundery and showery weather uh, can quite often miss particular locations but that doesn't mean that there wasn't thunderstorms in another area close uh, to where the person was but that just made me smile this morning and it just got me thinking you know what is it about people? Do people really have a lot to complain about when you see letters like that and emails like that being sent into poor old Met Aaron. I think it would be that no matter how frustrated I would get at a weather forecast where they got it wrong I don't know if I'd be putting pen to paper I don't know if I'd be sending an email to complaint but listen that's they, they, they're they there and they take the complaints and they take the complaints seriously to the point that they do answer them all. 1850-333-103. Now, the situation in hospitals is stark. People of all ages now are being admitted to intensive care units due to COVID-19 and stark warnings coming yesterday from our Chief Medical Officer, Tony uh, Houlihan. And then the Health Minister, Stephen Nolan, he has said the number of people being hospitalised and admitted to ICU is expected to peak within the next week or two. I think the next, if we can get through the next two weeks, but they are certainly going to be the most challenging and busiest two weeks and we think of all of our frontline staff who are already exhausted and what they are going to have to put up with for the next uh, two weeks. The latest uh, figures, this was up to yesterday, I don't have this morning's figures, but up to yesterday 1,922 patients getting very close to that 2,000 mark of patients admitted with uh, COVID-19 and of course yesterday's figures we just dipped under the 3,000 of new cases now. We have to, there has to be a caveat with that saying it was Sunday and Sunday's figures have a tendency to be lower but when I heard it was just under the 3,000 mark I said oh please let this be the start of the numbers going down sadly there was 13 deaths uh, reported the day before I think we all got a shock to hear of 60 people reported having died on uh, Saturday of the cases notified yesterday again we're back looking at Dublin have, have the highest figures every single day and now they were over 1,000 for yesterday us here in Cork second highest we had 300 
confirmed new cases for uh, yesterday. Dr. Tony Houlihan saying the levels of infection are such that your chances of transmitting are getting COVID-19 now are very high because there's so much COVID-19 still in the community. He said we now have a proportion of those cases that will lead to serious illness and sadly will lead to mortality. He says there is no group who should feel the public health advice does not apply to them and he's urged employers to facilitate their employees to work from home and he said as we look forward to the week ahead, he said consider your choices, make the right choices. Do not go into work today if you can work from home. And that's when he made the appeal to employers to please facilitate remote working for your employees. Because certainly over the last two weeks, we've been getting emails in from people who worked from home during the first lockdown. And now this time their employer won't allow them to work from home. And they're finding that very frustrating and they would love to work from home. And they're nervous about going into the office or wherever their place of work uh, is. So there certainly are are people who are not listening to Dr Tony Houlihan. There are employers who are just deciding, no, I want my employees in. There's also employees who just want to be in the office uh, as well. And certainly when you look at the numbers of cars on the road in the morning, they are decreasing, but they certainly are nowhere where they were at during the first lockdown where everybody seemed to abide by it. And whether that's a bit of COVID fatigue or that viewer belief or sure I'll never get it and it'll never affect me and that's I think what Tony Houlihan was very much trying to get out yesterday there's no group that sh- who should feel that the public health advice does not apply to them when you look at the age group of the number of people that are ending up in hospital and also look at the age group on the number of people that are ending up in ICU these are the very sickest they're not all as they were in the first wave they were all more of the older people from our nursing homes that's not the case at this time round and I know um, seeing on news reports and again on the papers today Wicklow in particular seemed to be an area where a lot of people are just breaching the five kilometre rule we're told you can go out and exercise you can't go beyond your five kilometres but the, the Gardaí in and around the Wicklow mountains were working flat out over the weekend over Saturday and Sunday they said the numbers were down a little bit yesterday because I'd say the word got out on Saturday that the Gardaí were in the Wicklow, Wicklow mountain where there's gorgeous scenic areas to go and visit and go for walks and go for exercise and go for hikes but at the moment you can only do it if you live within five kilometres of the Wicklow Mountain and that certainly hasn't been happening and I mean there was one man I saw who got fined he had travelled from Carlo and he when he got stopped by the Gardaí and of course they have based on where your car is registered they know where you're living so you know as soon as he rolled down the window they said you're a bit far away from Carlo aren't you and his excuse was that he just went for a drive to Wicklow he wasn't going to get out of the car and he thought he was allowed to do that he wasn't he got turned around and he got fined 100 euros so there was a lot of people I'd say went out for exercise at the weekend who met with the guard at the checkpoint will be facing a fine of 100 euro in the post so is it really all, all worth it and it has been done to try to keep everybody safe because with the amount of COVID still in the community, even if you're out for a walk and even if you're out in the open air, which they say is still the safest place, you just don't know who's coming against you, who in front of you, who behind you, anything you're touching, has somebody with COVID touched, you really just don't know. And that message is still going out as well for people. If you are going for a walk, even jogging, doing any kind of exercise, when we're all outside now, we've been told that uh, we should wear our masks 
podcasts as well. I was out at the weekend, again, just in and out, getting my, my shopping done and that was it. And you can almost sense... There is a nervousness out there, I think, for a lot of us. I think we realise there is a lot of COVID in the community. I think we're all trying to do our bit to keep ourselves safe, to keep everybody in our households safe and to keep everybody in the wider community safe. I certainly have noticed when I'm doing my shopping, people are keeping away from each other. Um, was it as busy? I tried to get out as early as I can on Saturday to get my, my shopping done. It didn't feel as busy. Uh, but you just, you just it, I suppose, again, it depends on, on the time of the day, but certainly you just need to pick your time. And, and I keep saying to people, if you go somewhere and you think it is too busy, just go back in the car and maybe come out again on a, a different time. But we all have a role to play. We all have to abide by all of the rules and the regulations. And if we all pull together, we've done it before. We know we've flattened the curve before. We can do it again. But I just think there's a little bit of COVID fatigue certainly has set in. But the fact that the vaccine has arrived and we started vaccinating, and I know this frustration that we're not vaccinating uh, quick enough, but, you know, we're now gone to the top of the list for Europe in the most people vaccinated per head of um, per population. Now our population is smaller compared to a lot of the European countries and that's the reason that we're doing so well but as soon as the vaccines come in they do seem to be getting them out uh, to people so if we can just all hold tough until we all get the opportunity to get the vaccine ourselves. Even in County Kerry one of our listeners says funny Patricia I've actually complained to Met Aaron several times but it's always about understanding winds here in the southwest. Gale force here is fresh to moderate Severe gales here is fresh and gusty near the coasts and so on. Remember the enormity of Storm Ophelia, only because it impacted on Dublin. Storm Brian came two days later. Met Aaron sent me the chart which showed it was 95% as bad as the southwest as Ophelia. Yet, Evelyn Cusack was on TV the night it was due, telling us there was nothing to worry about. It had been nothing like Ophelia. And so on, Patricia. It's an ongoing thing, says uh, Stephen from uh, County Kerry. That's fair enough when you can actually point out where they completely got it wrong but I think what amused me about the reports that I saw uh, today on the Irish Independent was people complaining because they had to carry a raincoat around Crosshaven for the afternoon when they had reported rain and they complained because the rain didn't didn't arrive. I just think that's just silliness and that's just complaining for the sake of it. I mean for something like that where they got it wrong, absolutely you are well within your rights uh, to send in a complaint. Thank you for that uh, Stephen and thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862 102103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurances Can Sale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Pressure is now growing on the Education Minister Norma Foley to consider an alternative to the traditional Leaving Search to get the views of one of the Leaving Search class of 2021. And once again joined by Brian Crowley, who is a pupil at Skibbering Community School. And we spoke to Brian. Uh, just in advance of the decision being made not to reopen the schools after the Christmas holidays. Good morning to you, Brian. Morning, Patricia. Uh, You're welcome once again. Now, firstly, you're now one week into the remote learning. How did last week go for you? Uh, Last week, I didn't get anything done, to be honest with you, because um, my wife went home. I couldn't attend the online classes. um, It just wasn't strong enough. And so I missed all last week. I'm lucky enough this week now to be, there's Ludgate home inside Skipperine. You can get a desk inside there with a, it's got fiber Wi-Fi, like so. At least this week, I am able to attend the online classes. But like, as in, you can only get your desk on a weekly basis. So I, I don't know. Will I have a desk here next week? 
So you have it. You have it for one week. So you tried to. So it was Zoom classes were done, was it last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you know how many of your class was, were not able to log on? Uh, I think there. Well, I just from my own. I I haven't been talking to many people now. To be honest, I've kind of been putting the head down studying for that. I think there were six or seven, just out of my friend's group I know of anyway, couldn't log on. And I, I, there was several teachers as well, not that they couldn't log on, but their Wi-Fi wasn't great, so oh, it, it was tough to learn off them classes too. And then how did the school facilitate that? See, that's the thing. Like, it, it, it's, it's not down to the school either. Like, I think it's just a general... Like, I think it's happening all over the place. Like, what can they do about teachers who have poor Wi-Fi? Like, as in... I don't think the schools are open for the teachers to go in. Like, so I don't know. Like, I think the teachers can't do anything. I don't think, to be honest with you. But were, were you when when you obviously contacted the school and to say I can't log in? I yeah. can't, my yeah, Wi-Fi. Yeah, in my school, my school were good enough. They they helped me get the desk inside the Ludgate. In fairness, okay. I'd like to say thank you for that. But um, oh, but yeah. were, were you facilitated with the notes from the class? Or yeah, yeah, the yeah. notes. The, the notes are all put up online. But like, they, still, if you're not. If you can't hear something explained, absolutely, like subject, listen. You need to have stuff explained to. Absolutely, and there's even, nothing like face to face and asking a question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've had two classes there this morning, and even like they're fine, like, but it's in, they, they just don't compare to the classroom setting at all, at all. Like, do you believe? Do you still believe though that the correct decision was made to keep the school closed? Um, I do, to be honest, because as in, like, there's two thousand people in certain hospital this morning. I saw, like, in. The level, the level of COVID in the community is frightening at the moment. Like, then I don't know whether they've been safe. I know they're saying schools are safe, but like, then with this new variant being so contagious and everything, like, I just, I don't know what people have felt safe going to school. Like, in, like, I, I suppose the fear is there that if you did bring it home and someone did get seriously sick with it, like, I know it wouldn't be your fault, but it would be in the back of your mind that you did bring it home, like. Minister Foley, uh, her preference is to have the Leaving Cert students back in February. I mean, two weeks today yeah, is, is, is weeks, the yeah. first of uh, February. Now, she did say she'll listen to all of the opinions uh, on the mat- matter. How would you feel about two weeks today heading back into the classroom, Brian? Um, I don't know, but like, there'd have to be a serious decrease, I think, for even, number one, I don't know, will the teachers be uh, happy about going back? And I don't think the students will be there unless there's a serious decrease, because like, as in, it was fine from September to December. Like, I know the case kind of got a bit high towards in December, but, like, as in, the cases were low all along, kind of. They weren't, they weren't nowhere near what they are at the moment. And, like, as in, the school managed everything fine. Like, you felt safe inside there. But with the level of transmission and everything at the moment, I just I just don't know, would it be the correct... Like, is, is it worth putting people's health on the line over an exam? Like, and if the traditional exams do go ahead in June, or some people yeah. are saying maybe have them in July, uh, how confident are you of getting the grades that you will need for you to progress to your career path? Um, I'm not very confident at all, to be honest with you. I'm, um, I, I've kind of, the thought of repeating has crossed my mind already, to be honest, because like I missed, I missed three months last year, and I missed, well, I missed, I don't know how much of this month I'm going to miss, but I've missed a week already, like, and uh, I, I don't know, like, it, if if they leaving cert does go ahead, it, it'll have to be in June, I think, because students and teachers and everything, it, it'll be in June if it does go ahead. And then on top of that, um, with the amount of work we've missed, there would want to be serious changes to the courses and everything, because even now, I was meant to have pre's the first week of February, and I don't think they're going to go ahead now until, well, we will have pre's, but they'll be at a later date. But then you're pushing back the pre's, you by the time you've pre-done, you'll be going straight into orals. Like so, the time of revision has been cut down and everything. Like I, I just don't see how 
it's fair on students to say the traditional leaving cert with nothing about the last two years have been traditional like you haven't finished all of the all the curriculum yet have you no I near it in one subject is all I'm finished in only one out of what seven seven yeah and where would you be are you 80% 90% through the no, rest no in, in some subjects alright I'd be around 80 or 90 but in some I'm only on 60 or 70 I'd say to be honest wow wow and the teachers unions uh, Brian seem to be in favour of sitting the traditional exams yeah I think that's so they don't have to predict the grades to be honest but like as in if you did continuous assessments or something when we went back if you did a test every two weeks in every subject like they would have a fair basis to, like the no one could be complaining about their predict, uh, predicted grades if you load the test from now until May or June or whenever when you do get your predicted grade like and you really have I know you sent us a piece saying repeating the leaving cert next year is your your biggest fear now at, yeah. at the moment why? Uh, like it's in the thought of having to do another year inside in secondary school and the rest of my friends going off to college like it would it would be I, I just don't think it'd be fair on students students who um like it's in I, I think there, I wouldn't be the only person thinking about repeating I'd say to be honest because there's several other people with very poor Wi-Fi like that would that would it would have to be it would have to be done I think there would be several other people but like it's in the thought of my friends going off to college like and me having to stay back and do another year I just couldn't face into it to be honest with you and you can't wait to get to third level yeah yeah because to be honest like it's even the Wi-Fi like it's just I don't know like it's in the thought of um it's been another year with the Wi-Fi and everything. Like I couldn't face into it to be honest, because even at home when I'm doing my homework, like if I I'm doing it on a Microsoft document or whatever, like it might cut out three or four. Like I might have to do some paragraphs three or four times. Like the Wi-Fi is that poor that it wouldn't save. Like yes, that's that is it is really really uh, frustrating and interesting when you say there will be. And I think you're right. Uh, if if we continue the way we're going, and your leaving cert students don't get to finish all of their coursework, and then they're not going to get the results. You know, if you do sit the exams, yeah. we could have a problem next year if a a, a big enough proportion of your class. Uh, the the class of twenty twenty one decide to re- repeat. We could end up with huge sized classrooms for leaving cert next year. Yeah, that's the thing. Like where 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 are they all going to go? Like where are they going to fit? And then there's the knock on for going to college because yeah. it'll, it'll increase points. Yeah. Okay. All right. So at the moment you're just trying to keep the head down. Yeah. Trying study as best you can. Yeah, but the thing about that now is we don't we don't know when no we don't know when our pre's are like we um we don't know when the what they're going to do with the orals or anything like so it's kind of tough to. Keep focused when we have nothing to aim for, like when we have no date to aim for. So, would that be your message to Minister Foley today? Start making the decisions. Yeah, as and, soon as possible. And yeah. get rid of this uncertainty that's out there. Yeah, well, even though the thing is, like she said, the, the day she came out, she said the schools were definitely going to be opening two days later. She said they were closing. So, I, I, I don't know what the, like, if she says that the exams are definitely going to go ahead, like, I, I don't know, would you have to take it with a pinch of salt? Like, because what happens if there's another another surge in May or June, like, and schools are shut again? Well, I think the way the, the, way the numbers are at the moment, um, unless, I mean, I, I can't see them dropping hugely over the next two weeks to allow for a 1st of February reopening. They would really have to be... I, I, I think if the schools do open on the 1st of February, it'll just be the six-year students because I yeah. guess we can't see everyone going back in on the 1st of February. Yeah. And I, I don't know will the teachers go in. Like it, a lot of it comes down to the teachers again. But I don't know will the teachers want to go back in on the first February if the if the level if like sure there was nearly three thousand in yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, listen, well, head down. Keep keep doing the best that you can do. That's all, all you can do. Don't be getting stressed about it yeah. anyway, uh, for sure. And remind us again, what do you want to do when you, when you finish school? Uh, law, hopefully. Then. Law, okay. Yeah, you'll make, you make a great barrister, I'll tell you that. You're well, <laughs> you're well able to articulate and argue a point. Listen, good luck with it, Brian. We'll keep in contact with you, okay? Perfect, thank you. Okay, and, and stay safe. Well done. And as uh, young Brian Crowley, a pupil at Skibbereen Community School, I think reflecting, particularly young people that are in rural areas with this bad broadband, because I know we followed Brian's uh, tweets last this day last week, which is the first day of remote learning, and he was putting up, he just couldn't log on to any of his classes. So there's another week where he has uh, missed out, and well done to Ludgate and Skibbereen. They unfortunately just won't have enough desks to facilitate all of the students who obviously would like to get in there to do their, their, their study uh, the, then uh, in there. And as I say, Minister Foley, she is she is hoping and is trying to get the schools back for uh, February, but you know, she has to listen to all of the opinions and the opinions are obviously going to be of the teachers as well. So we, we'll wait and see on that. And public, actually just staying on Minister Foley, public health officials are today briefing thousands of teachers and the SNAs as the government hopes to get children with special needs education in both special and mainstream uh, schools back to class for Thursday. Now we mentioned this last week and again there was this great sense of hope on behalf of parents of children with uh, special needs but then unfortunately again probably within 24 hours FORSA and they are the trade union that represents the special needs assistants, they came out and says we're not going back into the classrooms next Thursday. They say that agreement hadn't been reached with the Department of Education. They're looking for enhanced uh, safety measures for their members. And then discussions were ongoing over the weekend between the Education Minister Norma Foley and the representative bodies. And a spokesperson said there's still a number of outstanding issues that must be resolved ahead of the schools reopening for uh, special needs and please I really do hope that they can all get together on this one and end that uncertainty for the parents and get the schools opened again I heard some of the special needs assistants will force said their trade union representing them talking about special needs assistants who have underlying health conditions and they want don't want to go back into the classroom because of underlying health conditions and I get a bit frustrated when I hear that because when you look at the amount of healthcare professionals doctors, nurses, people working in hospitals, the porters that work in hospitals, the kitchen staff, when you look at people in retail, when you look at all of the other essential services that are operating and have operated through all of the lockdowns, they certainly weren't closed as the schools were from March through to June. And in all of those groups of society, there are people with underlying health conditions who have still gone into work every day. They're nervous about going into work, but they've gone into work uh, every day. So I always get slightly frustrated when I hear of a trade union group who will use that as some of our members have underlying health uh, conditions. I mean, if somebody has a serious underlying health uh, condition, then I'm assuming they're cocooning. They wouldn't be back in the classroom or in any type of working in environment. So anyway, let's wait and see. As I say, those discussions are ongoing today. But I have had a message in from a parent of a child with special needs. Hi Patricia, I'm one of those parents who yes would like to send their children back to school. My son has additional needs, severely autistic and has an intellectual disability. He just loves school and it severely impacts on his mental health when he is out for very long periods. I obviously don't speak for all parents and it should be a personal choice. I'm also an essential worker and when my child is out of 
school. His sleep patterns suffer, so I don't get to sleep either. Believe me when I say it's not easy on parents, but I completely understand they want to keep everybody safe. And that's signed Karen and Karen. Uh, what Karen is saying there is about there will be, if special needs, and please God, special needs schools will reopen on Thursday, there will be some parents who will decide to keep their special needs child at home. And that's what Karen is saying. That's a personal choice if that's what the family want to do. But I think I speak on behalf of the majority of children with special needs children, particularly those on the autism spectrum. They want the schools to reopen. They want their children back in in schools. Their children desperately need the routine in order just to function, in order just to have some kind of a normal uh, life. We'll keep a close eye on what comes out from that. As I say, those discussions are ongoing between Minister Foley, her department and the various trade unions. 1850-333-103. Lines open. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Then, get the must-have app so you can take us everywhere. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. Grab our podcasts and all the latest Cork news. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. Now, seven of Ireland's largest credit unions, including Mallow Credit Union, have been approved for a government COVID-19 credit guarantee scheme, which has been launched to boost local SME and agri-community lending. To explain more, I'm joined by Tomás O'Neill, who is the CEO of Mallow Credit Union. Good morning to you, Tomás. Good morning, Patricia. And and you're welcome uh, to the programme. Firstly, how were the seven credit unions selected for this scheme? Um, well, the seven uh, credit unions are part of the Metmo uh, group of credit unions. Um, so Metmo was founded in 2019 and is a 50-50 joint venture between 16 of Ireland's largest credit unions and Fexco, um, one of Ireland's largest financial services companies. So collectively, we would have applied uh, to, the, to the government to, to get approval for the scheme. And your Mallow Credit Union, along with uh, Synergy and Fumoy, are the, are there, they're the two in this uh, area yeah. that have been selected. OK, how will this lending scheme differ from the normal way you lend out money? Well, OK, the, the scheme um, was set up by the government and is to facilitate lending to uh, micro, small and medium-sized enterprises who have been adversely impacted by COVID-19. And this also includes the primary producers in the agri and fishing sector. So the guarantee scheme facilitates the provision of liquidity and working capital to businesses. Um, so therefore, it, it will allow them to, you know, to if they if they are in difficulty to, to you know to, to borrow to, to keep their, their businesses going and to develop them. Do you believe many small and, and medium enterprises will need financial support in order to survive? Well, given the fact that we're not, we're now in the third lockdown, and you have a lot of businesses have you know have been opening for short periods of time and shutting down. I think yeah, definitely it's something that will be needed, and it's 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 vital for local communities to to keep going. Absolutely, and as you say, it's the working capital is is what's yeah. going to be most needed. So, what type of business sectors do you believe will most need support? Well, this this scheme will be uh, it's it's mainly aimed at, uh, you know, small to, to medium-sized enterprises, so anything from, you know, um, 
hair salons to uh, to the hospitality sector to you know to any any small and medium sized business really and even in, in relation to the agri sector as well so any any business that is is uh, under difficulty we're we're there to to assist and including things like retail because a lot of the yeah. non essential retail of course have all had to close now the click and collect is gone as well yeah, exactly. um, and are you encouraging businesses who are closed at the moment to come talk to you now about a loan in, in advance of reopening yes exactly um like to qualify for the scheme um a business's turnover or profits has had to have dropped by at least 15 percent due to covid uh, you don't have to be a member to apply for to, to apply for a loan and um loans can range from between ten thousand to one million um 80 percent of the loans is guaranteed under the scheme and uh, with monthly repayments and the terms uh, ranges from three months to five and a half years uh, currently the scheme runs until the 30th of june uh, this year Okay, and as you say, not just for existing members, new members can also apply. And while you're CEO of Mallow uh, Credit Union, you cover a very wide area. Yeah, Mallow Mallow covers um, large parts of North Cork and West Limerick. And um, we think that we're best positioned and the same with Synergy in that we're we're embedded in the local community. Uh, Mallow itself has eight branches um, and, you know, we know know our local community. And again, we're aware that our members uh, work and run and, and live in the area. Uh, they work and run and businesses are in the area so therefore um, you know we're there to support them and again decisions will be made locally uh, with regard you know with regard to the application so we are aware of our you know of our of our members uh, situations yeah yeah and people can go into their local branches then yeah yeah okay so but get moving on this you know I mean there's a lot of people very stressed at the moment worried about you know exactly what you're talking about uh, working capital now is the time we never know we don't know when the lockdown is going to end but now really is the time to get working on it yeah and exactly I suppose look with uh, with the with the vaccines uh, starting to roll out I mean there there is there is light at the end of the tunnel that that we will get back to normal um, you know within within the next um, six to nine months so therefore if if businesses want to reopen and are, are intending to reopen now is the time to start preparing for that so if they if they need working capital to get you know to, to, to get up and running um, they should they should start focusing on that now and to talk to us um, they can they can log on to our website www.malocu.ie where there's details on that including an online application and loan calculator and there's more details on that in relation to the loan itself so basically that was the time to prepare for it really and of course, you know, as with all financial uh, services, the other banks, you've remained open during all of the lockdowns. Yeah, that's correct. Um, credit unions were considered, um, you know, essential services to their communities. And the fact that we were embedded and are embedded in our community, um, it was imperative that we did stay open. And yeah, we've, we've, we've managed to do that over the course of the, of the pandemic. Well done. Well done, because it's been, it's been tough going yeah, for sure yeah, for everybody. I, I would just like to thank our staff here as well in relation to the amount of effort and work that they've put in. You're, you have great friendly staff, Tomas. Thank you very much. Listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us. Okay, uh, good morning to you. Good. Bye-bye. That is uh, Tomas O'Neill, who is uh, CEO of uh, Mallow uh, Credit Union. And as I say, also Synergy Credit Union in Formoy are also part of that. It's a government credit guarantee scheme uh, to boost local SMEs and the agri-community lending. Hi Patricia, I'm wondering are NCT centres open? That's from a West Cork uh, listener. Yes, all NCT centres are fully operational. You need to do the, your bookings as you normally do. Uh, they are online. Most NCTs though, have an extra four months added on to them so if people are wondering when they go to apply for their NCT why their NCT isn't uh, due, it's because they've all been extended by uh, four months so, for example, uh, an NCT that would have been due um, in, say, the end of 
2020 now has a new date of March 2021 for example but if you go online you're able to check it but all the NCT centres are fully operational but you need to book them book in online first Okay we need to take a break I'll catch up with uh, your comments coming into the programme and in the next hour we're going to be speaking with the wonderful Paddy O'Brien haven't had a catch up with Paddy O'Brien he's a great advocate on behalf of older people in quite some time and he's just talking about how we all need to remember older people particularly those that are living alone during this current lockdown 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A lot of comments coming into us so let me get through some of your thoughts this morning John says Michal Martin at Taoiseach has admitted going from level 5 to level 3 before Christmas was a huge mistake we're all suffering the consequences of this now the government needs to get the vaccine rolled out right now but I'm not confident of this says uh, John and Leo Varadkar it's not just Michal Martin Leo Varadkar and Eamon Ryan uh, it became a bit frustrating at the weekend to hear all of them at various times saying you know if we knew now back in December we'd have done things differently God I think I mean everyone was predicting if they did just listen to this show and no other show every single day in the lead up to Christmas when we were talking about reopening hospitality when we were talking about allowing families to gather for Christmas and how three families could come together and what you could and couldn't do around Christmas and keep the window open and don't share the gravy boat and some of the ridiculous things that were being suggested the amount of people had on this as I say just on this programme alone said wait until January hits wait till we see how bad it gets in in January and and in fairness, doctors and nurses and particularly those that work in the front line in our hospitals were all saying they know how difficult January can be without a pandemic. And that's what their fear was, that if we get a normal January and then you add a pandemic in on top of it and you add everybody socialising and you have people coming from outside of Ireland, the UK strain at the time, we weren't seeing a lot of it in Ireland and you allow people come home for Christmas. I mean, it was just an accident waiting uh, to happen. And that John is right. Everybody is... Is suffering now uh, for sure. Okay, some of your thoughts in about the leaving cert. It's crazy world that we are living in. I have two children in the household doing exams. One is for leaving cert and one is for junior cert. So it is tough on both of them. I work at Cork University Hospital myself, so I'm working on the front line. It's been hard. It's hard on everyone. But some clarity, particularly for the students doing exams, is imperative. My son doing the junior cert, and there hasn't been a mention of what's happening. It's awful. It's their first state exam and it's like they've just been uh, dismissed. And it's funny, you're reflecting a comment that I saw many times last year when we got into the situation with the schools closed and then there was would they have a leaving cert would they not have a leaving cert what would they do about the the junior cert and the junior certs were almost pushed away and the preference was given to the leaving cert and I don't know how many parents of sons and daughters doing their junior cert last year said that very same thing they felt that they were being dismissed and almost uh, forgotten about and it is a big deal for the students themselves in that 
you know, that mum is right. It is their first state exam. And we all remember either sitting a junior cert or back in the day when it was the intercert. It was a big hairy deal. You now realise you know, it isn't it isn't the big deal that it is, but you can't get that through to a student who's about to go into their first uh, state exam. So, yeah, I, I certainly have uh, sympathy for, for, for you in, in your household, for sure. Hi, Patricia, you're talking about people going outside their five kilometre limit for exercise. Well, I live on the Sheep's Head Peninsula, a beautiful place that God kept all of the best of the beauty for. Stunning views, lovely walks and best of all, the most wonderful, friendly people you'll ever meet. But yesterday, I don't know what happened. I thought there was something going on. I don't know about from about 10am in the morning until 8pm yesterday evening. It was non-stop cars all day. What part of lockdown don't people understand? What part of social distancing don't people understand? What part of respecting other people don't people understand? I was actually terrified yesterday to go for my uh, walk with all the people that were around. And that's from somebody who, as they say themselves, they feel very blessed that they live on the Sheep's Peninsula and it is within their 5K and so many other people from outside the 5K heading to the Sheep's Head Peninsula for walks yesterday. And I wonder how many of them were wearing face masks. We're all told now when we go out for our walks that we need to be wearing face masks all the time as well. So I wonder how many were actually wearing uh, face masks. Well, I don't know what the Gardaí are going to be doing in or were they out and about in West Cork yesterday because certainly the Gardaí in Wicklow because what you're describing is similar what seems to have been happening in the Wicklow Mountains but the Gardaí were certainly out in force in the Wicklow Mountains the number of people I mean on Saturday something like 200 cars were turned back by about 12 midday there was fines handed out to people and remember if you get stopped and you're outside your 5k heading for exercise if you get stopped at one of the guard the checkpoints it isn't just the driver who will pick up the 100 euro fine everybody in the car over the age of 18 will also get the fixed penalty notice of 100 euro which is what happened in Wicklow and I don't know why it wasn't happening in West Cork, but that listener saying the sheep's head full of people uh, yesterday. Uh, the Someone else says this is on lockdown. The traffic through Buttevant just this morning was an absolute uh, joke. Lockdown, what lockdown, says this uh, listener. Calls then into John Paul. Where are they gone on my screen in front of me? I have so many screens going here. I can't find John Paul at the moment. Uh, OK, we'll get, we'll get back to those. Oh, there, here we go. Uh, John and Mallow says, again, they're expecting the people, i.e. the people of Ireland, to do everything, to abide by all of the rules and regulations while they let everybody home for Christmas. People are now sick of this. Abiding by these restrictions, yet so many came into this country and maybe some brought those new strains of the virus into Ireland. Yet those living in Ireland are now suffering. Can they for once and for all close the borders and cop on? Also, John was travelling to a hospital appointment last week and on the same stretch of road met three different guard the checkpoints which were monitoring the 5k rule. While John understands the reason uh, for it. He said he couldn't believe meeting three checkpoints on a stretch of road. Surely they need to be spread out a little bit more and particularly it kind of annoyed him that he was being stopped. He had a genuine reason if he was outside of his 5k but he said the ports are open and they don't seem to be checking what is going on uh, there. And I read in today's papers that the government will consider implementing a stricter regime for inbound travellers and this obviously is amid growing concerns about the new strains of coronavirus there Now, I was really shocked and I had to do a double take when I read this. There has been 1,500 arrivals from Brazil in the past two weeks. Uh, and those travelling have been asked 
have been asked by the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, to contact a GP, get a coronavirus test and restrict their uh, movements. But they're just asking them to do it. I mean, is there anybody checking up to see have they been doing it? Government sources have said the minister will this ministers will this week discuss all aspects of travel regulations in light of the new COVID nineteen strains. We have the one from UK, which is now going to become the most dominant one in this country. And I heard last night on CNN it's looking like it's going to become the most dominant strain in America as well. It is so contagious, the UK strain. We also have the South African strain in this country, and then we've got the worries of the Brazilian strain. But we don't have somebody with the Brazilian strain yet but but to read that 1500 people travelled from Brazil into this country God we'd be very lucky wouldn't we if every one of the 1500 if there wasn't one in there with the Brazilian strain. Sources have said that while it could be legally complex they couldn't rule out implementing a stricter regime on inbound travellers to make it mandatory to quarantine for 14 days in a hotel. Now officials in Britain They've been told to prepare. They're now looking at creating these quarantine hotels for those arriving into Britain from other countries. And it's similar to the what their managed isolation hotels. It's the requirements that you have if you go into New, New Zealand, or if you go into Australia. I mean, in Australia at the moment, they have all of the world famous tennis players from all over the world, all in quarantine in Melbourne. And they have to, they're in quarantine for 14 days because they're, they want to take part in the Australian Open, which is going to happen in February, and they are not allowed out of their uh, hotel rooms. Now, we have the UK strain already here. We have, I think, just three cases of the South African strain, which they don't think has been spread. As of now, there's no cases of the Brazilian one, but they are obviously keeping a close eye on it. And now there's another strain which they uh, have discovered is coming out of Nigeria that they're also now beginning to have worry worries about. Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, uh, his call comes a week after the state imposed restrictions on travellers from the UK and from South Africa uh, where they have to have a negative COVID test and then they have to have, an, they have, to have it done 72 hours before they uh, travel and of course we know as and from last Saturday it's now an obligation for anybody coming from any country that they must have a negative COVID-19 test but even having a negative COVID-19 test in their hand does not mean that they they could still have COVID-19. The UK variant has within a matter of weeks become um, the significant strain of COVID-19 in this country and that was just literally within a number of weeks and I think people just are so frustrated about the amount of people that were allowed to travel into this country over Christmas and now we're hearing what they've started to do from Saturday and now we've the government considering making it even a more stricter regime and is it a little bit like closing the stable doors after the horse has bolted. I mean, really, I mean, what's the, certainly for the UK, the strain is in. I mean, we do we have some hope now of closing it off the Brazilian strain, but do we need to check up on the 1,500 people who came in in the last two weeks? Do we need to doubly check that they've had COVID tests? Do we need to check up that they're not showing any symptoms? And even if they're not showing symptoms, that we do a test, we test them again after five days, we make them stay in quarantine for 14 days. I mean, asking them to restrict their movements and putting them into quarantine hotels are two very, very uh, different uh, things. Okay, some of your 
texts coming into us. Hi Patricia, it was an absolute disgrace. So many people were out and about over the weekend in West Cork where we live. It was plain to see that these people were not within their five kilometre limit. I think the forest walks and the car parks by beaches should be closed. Remember they did that during the first lockdown. Also this listener feels all coffee docks should be closed as it's drawing people to certain areas. You can't deny, who can't deny themselves a takeaway cup of coffee. It is so sad. It's unbelievable how people are behaving at the moment, says this texter. Please take care and back at you. Take care too. Uh, Wilton, so somebody else, is running normal. Lots of people out and about. Lots of traffic on the roads. This certainly is not a full lockdown. People are doing as they want. It will go on for a long time if we don't have stricter measures. You mentioned NCT centres being opened. They were closed during the first lockdown. Surely they're not essential. I hope they're sanitising the cars uh, before handing them uh, back. Uh, by the way, says this texter, no point talking about all of this because nobody seems to be uh, listening. Hi Patricia, would it be possible to raise a discussion around foreign exchange students who are still allowed to come to Ireland? They've been arriving over the last two weeks and they're staying with host families. Why wasn't a stop put on this? Nurses can't do work placements Yet we have students allowed in from other countries. It is making no sense to me. Somebody else says, Patricia, I was always under the impression that you isolate while awaiting a result for a COVID-19 test. I know of home helps that were told to work away while they're waiting for results. They surely can't be uh, right. No, I, I would find that very, very hard to believe because even within the HSC, who are struggling for staff on the front line, they have they are bringing back some of their staff who are out but who were deemed close contacts and they're bringing them back but they're testing them before they bring them back and once they have a neg- negative result and they'll still monitor them over what would be their 14 days of restricting their movements but they're bringing them back in so I certainly uh, would question any home help that was told to work away while awaiting a test result because remember you only get now get a test result if you're showing symptoms so I would find that very very hard to believe that that is actually going on and says Patricia the Leaving Cert students and their teachers should be vaccinated ASAP and surely that will allow for them to go back into the classrooms and allow them to study and then allow them to sit their exams in the summer I am somebody who's in one of the vulnerable groups and I would willingly wait says Anne what a kind gesture for my vaccination to allow them a chance to do their exams and to secure their uh, future. That's a very compassionate view uh, to take and please stay uh, safe. Hi Patricia, I was listening to your young caller Brian, the Leaving Cert uh, student, whose biggest fear is now that he's going to have to repeat and he's fearful of being left out if he repeats and being left out as his friends move on to third level. Well, I can fully empathise with him as my daughter took a gap year this year as she didn't get her course this year. She's now extremely lonely as her friends have all gone on to third level and their lives have moved on and she feels a bit in uh, limbo. Oh, please God, things will sort itself out and she'll get her place when the first round offers come out uh, this year. And yeah, that is, it is really, really uh, tough uh, for sure. 
1850-333-103 and just on Met Aaron when I read out the different excuses that people complained to Met Aaron about earlier somebody who signs their text as R says Patricia listening to you about Met Aaron and the comment from the from some of and the comment from the listener who was giving out about the winds I just had to laugh why complain about no thunderstorms or no rain or complain about whatever Met Aaron I feel do a very good job but nobody can control the weather why even email write or bother them I wonder don't these people have better things uh, to do I'm still laughing at some of the reasons that you read out why people decide to complain to Met Aaron 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Liscarroll Engineering they are requiring a stainless steel polisher it's for their manufacturing facility that's in Liscarroll a driver is required for collecting scrap metal it's for Blackwater Metal Recycling they're based in Beauharbois Prevent a pest are looking for a full-time pest control technician that's to work out of West Cork and rigid truck drivers are wanted for the Mallow area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Now Paddy O'Brien, the well-known advocate of older people, has expressed concern over the 13,500 people over the age of 70 who are living alone across Cork City and County, especially during this current lockdown. And I'm delighted to say Paddy O'Brien takes time out uh, to join me this morning. Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning, Patricia, and thanks for asking me on to your programme. Well, it's always a pleasure. And firstly, I know you haven't been too well. How are you doing now? I'm very well again, thank God. I, I had a, I must say, I made it very uh, private when I was going through it. But um, I became ill in last March and I had surgery and surgery. But I'm grand again, thank God. I Good. came out of hospital in, in December and I'm grand and ready to go. Grand, thank God. And I want to say this, I'm, a, I'm on your programme. I want to thank the people for their mass cards and for their prayers and for their cards all for concern for my health. I, I appreciate that very much. I, I know the prayers at this time are very, very, very important and regretfully we don't appreciate that. I don't want to wear ill. I'm not feeling great, but I want to thank the people. A lot of people in North Cork, in East Cork, West Cork, they sent me cards and I m- m- very much appreciate it. That's good. That's, that's great to hear and good to know you're fighting fit again. And are you staying indoors or are you going out and about? Oh yes, oh yes. I'm, I, I'm staying in, I'm not staying quite honest and I'm not staying that I'm in the whole time. Now I go out if I want to go to a shop and make sure I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure the, the mask on what have you. I'm being extra careful. We have to be careful. Everybody has to, every, everyone has a very important role to play in this area. It isn't up to your neighbour, it isn't up to another, it's up to yourself. You have a, you have a role to play as well. And I'm, to play, I'm trying to play my role. I wouldn't speak to people um Passing my house, or no, no, I don't. No, no, no. Yeah, I've been yeah. extra careful. Yeah, and, you, and when you've been ill as well, you 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 doubly have to be, you know, because you're in a, you'd be in a vulnerable group having then had you know major exactly. surgery. So you really exactly. have to look after yourself. But your real concern and your main reason for contacting us, uh, Paddy, <laughs> is for the elderly people. Some of them, and I'd be aware of some of them listening to this program today, who haven't left their homes since the first lockdown in March. We're coming up to nearly a year ago exactly. since the first, and there are people it's it, it, it is it is it is fair to say there are people who haven't left their homes there are la- and they're not isolated cases Patricia regrettably they are um 
quite a high percentage of that 13,500 people have not left their homes at all, uh, even when the, when it came back to a situation where you could go back to Mass again, people stopped going to Mass. They were just nervous, nervous, nervous. And um, as I said to Brita Graham early last week, I was saying, the people are really concerned about uh, in, in that 13,500, those who are sick, those who are housebound, those people have in the HSC have no contact with them. I'm not, I'm not criticising HSC and far from it, but I am concerned, and I'm making this statement very loudly on your programme this morning. I think that it's actually a miracle that we did any fatalities. The amount of people fending for themselves, trying to look after themselves, trying to um, administer their, their own medication, uh, some people trying to light fires, some something perhaps they may not have done before because their families would do it or a neighbour would do it. But I think those people uh, are the people we must all be, be looking out for, quite honestly. People living alone or housebound. And our, our home helps and public health nurses, are they still calling as frequently they, as they did? They, they, they are. I'm not, I can vote 100%, but I just checked over the weekend. Yes, they are calling. But, I mean, regrettably, some of their home helps would only have tw- uh, 20 minutes, maybe 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 30 minutes. But the fact at this point in time, even if there's only five minutes, to drop in to a house and see was the person all right, is the person okay for fuel? Has the person enough of coal or torp, whatever they have for the fire? Have they enough of food in the fridge? And I think, well, neighbours can play an important role here. I know that neighbours are nervous as well to, to speak to elderly people, knock on the window and, and make contact. Um, I think the, the, the loneliness that the people are experiencing is just, just awful, awful law. I'm getting pathetic stories. I, I'm speaking to elderly people at the moment, even over the... I would have known these people for years. They've got that age. Have voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you and rightly said so. They were heading on nearly for 12 months. And these people are like prisoners inside in their own home. These people can't see their own sons and daughters. Their families abroad, they can't come home. Not abroad. They have people... They have, even the town of Mallow, they have people in Cork and they can't get out to see them. They have grandchildren. So we have all these people now living a life that they never experienced before. And, and, like, um, and you're right in saying that there are people who are nervous about calling to old, older people, but there are ways around it, as you say, like a window visit. You can yeah, you can yeah. contact somebody and say, I'll be down and you, you stay inside in the sitting room and she will have a chat through the window just to you know, see another human being and to check up that you're okay. That's it. That's right. You, you, you've described it properly there now. Just once they can speak to a person. Um, I spoke to a lady not last week, the week before last, and it was four days since she spoke to anyone. I spoke to another lady. She told me that um, sometimes if she picks up the courage, she goes to the door. She has an idea what time the postman is going to call and the postman would call on and say, no, Call away her name. Sorry, Mrs. So and so, nothing for you. I, I don't, I'm not expecting any letters, Paddy. I'm not expecting any letters. Who's writing to me? I just want to speak to someone. 
Yes, and we we heard we heard from it was one of the one of the most heartbreaking ones. We heard from somebody in West Cork who posted letters to themselves so that the postman would yeah, call. No, I mean yeah, that that letter. And then another one that really broke my heart was a woman who was uh, driving, living on her own in a rural area, and she uh, gets into the car every day, keeps within her five kilometres now, but she drives and just parks in the supermarket just to watch people moving. Just to yeah, watch yeah. people walking. She wasn't going in herself yeah. or anything. And I just thought, my God, like what 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 has happened to us that exactly, we have people exactly. living like that? That's right, that's right. Yeah. I heard a story years ago, many years ago, before we had the virus, years ago, I was just trying to demonstrate how what loneliness means, how it affects some people. This lady would come down two or three days a week to the bus office in Palmer Place and she'd inquire at the desk. What time is the next bus going to? It could be out to Mallow, down to Mill Street, her McCroom. What was it? She wasn't going out at all. She was just just wanted to speak to someone. She wanted to speak to some person and just talk, 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 talk. And every day I would think of the elderly people. I remember when I was in hospital, I said to myself, look, this is what some people are living every day, every day. I mean, um, one lady taught me last week, like prison. I'm like a prisoner. I'm actually like a prisoner in my own home to wake in the morning. And it's more difficult at this, at this time of year now. For instance, last year, when it, started, when it began, the virus, um, we were into the month of March. And, and we had beautiful we had, weather. Do you remember that at the start that's of it? it? No, that's, yeah. that's the point I'm making. But now it's cold, it's damp, it's foggy. And we had awful rain, we had awful snow. How many people, are, elderly people, are nervous? I'm nervous when they hear this. They're just nervous, nervous, nervous. And I can't get away from the, the point I want to make very, very strongly, whereas I'm asking the HSE to do something to make sure that these people, elderly people who are, some of them have been visited, some of them, but the people who are not on their list are who are ill, who are housebound. Um, but I would say neighbours have an important role to play as well. And, and family members can pick up the phone, Paddy. You can <coughs> you you can Fam- ring your elderly mother or father every day. It's not going to take that much out of yeah, your day. Yeah, I was going to I'm coming to that as well. And families, family sons and daughters have a, a very important role, and they have to make an extra effort. I mean, they they must realise this is something uh, the parent never, never, never before experienced. They're locked in their own homes. They have no contact with anyone, even their own their own neighbours. They can't speak to their own neighbours. So the, the sons and daughters have a role a role to play. But regrettably, regrettably, some sons and daughters would just forget about the parents. I know, and I that, know. And that's, all, that's always been there. We, do. we didn't need a pandemic yeah. for that. The vaccines, uh, Paddy, and I know the over 70s are down as being in the first cohort and, and we're told that they should be vaccinated by the first of by the end of March, first of April, but you know, only time will tell how many vaccines come into the come into this country. Isn't that a way? Isn't that do we need to push more for that? Particularly those people, the elderly people living on their own. Do we need that, to when when we get to vaccinating the over seventies, do we need to start prioritizing the ones that are most vulnerable? I think that probably should for de- for definite. I think an awful lot of priority must be uh, uh, attached to the situation. Now, for instance, we hear a lot about the nursing homes and the people in nursing homes and that they're going to get the vaccination. But I think that the elderly are a little bit down the list as far as I'm concerned, and I think they should, they should distribute 
Right. And the people, the elderly themselves, they want it. They, they, they just, they're hearing so much about it. They're hearing, and it's all good stories they're hearing. And it's, it's very important that the HSC will have to sort of, what should I do, in, introduce it to the people housebound. Mm. There were the, well, they're, they're doing it just across the water and God knows the UK got enough things wrong with this pandemic. But there's certainly the rollout of the vaccine for the over That's 70s is incredible. Right. I mean, if anybody has a relative living in the United Kingdom, they've probably already received their second their their second dose and, and they've had their vaccine now. And, you know, they can somehow start to lead some kind of a, a, a normal life. Get back to normal. And I think having that done would... Um you know, get rid of that atmosphere. I mean, the people are depressed. They're sad. They're lonely. They're nervous. They're the adjectives I would describe in the moment of the elderly people. And some of them, many of them have got older in the last 12 months. And as I repeat myself when I say that, their voices, even over the phone, I've heard their voice over the phone before. There was a great, you know, there's a great bit of a buzz in the voice for now. You know, they're just, they're down and they're sad and they're lonely, they're broken hearted. Now, where is it going to finish? And it's bad enough being stuck inside in the house and, uh, and the sun shining outside, but if it's cold, wet and miserable, you've nothing to do. You can't walk out into your garden. You can't go, you can't go for a walk. You just have to stay indoors, indoors, indoors. Yeah. And that's where the people are suffering. Paddy, again, do, you, do you believe somebody can die from loneliness? I do, for definite. And it isn't Paddy O'Brien saying it. The medical profession have said this, and that's a quote. And thanks for asking me that question, Patricia. Um, many years ago, the, the IMO, the Irish Medical Organization, said, um, of the GPs, said that um, loneliness is like one of the conventional diseases. It kills people. And people must remember this. It does. It's a sickness. It's a sickness. It, wow. it does kill people and people get lonely, lonely, lonely. I say a lot of people die of broken hearts through loneliness. A lot of people get depressed directly from it and a greater thing at the moment we could have a lot of um, um, mental health problems d- down the line because like, these elderly will never get over this. They'll never get over it. And as I said already, I don't, I don't want to be boring people, but the pathetic stories I'm hearing, speaking to people, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I would say to myself, as they're telling me their problems, I say, I can't, I'm just speaking to them. I'm just speaking to them now, and I can't make any definite suggestion. So I think each time I speak to an elderly people, I'll say the people outside, the neighbours outside, realise that Mrs. Murphy or Mrs. McCarthy or Mrs. So-and-so, what she is suffering inside in her, in her own house. And don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed to knock on the door and to ask a lady, look, are you OK for everything? Are you OK for food? And I think they'll, 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 they'll introduce yourself. And you're better off introducing yourself now before anything happens, before there's any, before there's any fidelity. Yeah, yeah. You've been okay. Placed on hold. Oh, okay. Uh, wait. Okay, Paddy's hit the hold button. I'd say there by by mistake. Okay, that's where I'm wrapping it up with uh, Paddy. Uh, and, and thanks for that, Paddy. Is he back to us? He's not. Okay. Uh, just uh, that's uh, the wonderful Paddy O'Brien. I think saying it as it is. Unfortunately, for so many people who are they they reckon the figure that they reckon is about thirteen and a half thousand. Uh, 
people over the age of 70 live on their own and that's just across Cork City and uh, County. Thanks to Paddy O'Brien and uh, we continue to offer him a good health. He's a, a mighty, mighty man and a great man to speak up on behalf of older people. So if you have an elderly relative, our friend, even if you can't call in person to see them, we're not asking anybody to go into anybody's homes, but a knock on the door, stand back, make sure that, that they need anything, are they all okay? And failing that, just pick up the phone and have, have a chat with them. That's all they want is uh, somebody to talk to them. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. While education has seen many changes due to COVID-19, the CAO application procedure remains exactly the same as every other year. And with deadline approaching. I'm joined by our career guidance expert, uh, Roisin Kelleher. Good morning to you, Roisin. Good morning, Patricia. Well, we're living in very strange times uh, indeed. Is there a lot of confusion out there? We had a young Leaving Cert student on earlier who doesn't know whether he's sitting his Leaving Cert or not or whether there'll be predictive grades. Is this a very uncertain time for the class of 2021? It is. It is. Unfortunately, that can be the case. But it is important to remain as positive as possible. Now, some things, as you've just said in your opening remarks, Patricia, are completely true. So we have to attend to the necessary that has to be dealt with. And the CAO deadlines and all of that are the same as ever. Yeah, none of the dates have changed. And as always, your number one piece of advice, uh, Roisin, is research, research and more research. And they have the time now more to to research. So that's very important. And also, so... To, to avail of the discounted amount and, of course, to uh, make the application by the 20th of January and to watch the money. That's important nowadays. But if they don't meet that, they can still make the application on the 1st of February. But whatever date it is, just to reassure the students, they can change their mind about the courses. They can add in more. They can take them out. And it is so important, especially in the era of uncertainty, that they just don't bank on one thing. It was ever more important, it is, to fill out those 10 choices on level 8, if that's what they wish, and the 7, 6 courses as backup. And if they just do that, it will at least relieve some of the anxiety. As you say, you can go back and change. The important one now is is just to get into the system. That's right. And And like that student earlier this morning that you were speaking with, Yes, the points are high in certain locations, but they're not high everywhere. Mm. And it's also important to realise and to understand the system that you can get into these particular professions, not all of them, but most of them, relatively easily at postgraduate or conversion level afterwards. So it's important that they keep positive, hang on to their expectations and their dreams. Of course it is difficult at this time, but we we're humans. We we know how to work around the system and just get the help and persist with it and keep alive their hopes of what they want to do. Okay, because uh, you know, my, my mantra has been this, t- this too will pass and life will return to normal and you'll be heading off to college and you'll be doing all the things that you hoped and dreamt well, we that, that you to, would do. We have to accept at the moment things are yeah. changed but we have to work with that. And the other thing that is extremely important as well, the students that are the applicants that might be considering the DARE or the HERE applications. Now those dates 
and submitting the information has to be maintained. Okay. And they have to get the information in. And I know, and I've heard it from students, but the schools are closed and we haven't got all the forms and all of this filled out. They, they still must make the effort. They have to contact the schools. They have to follow the instructions. And with regard to that, Patricia, there is actually a very good video put in, in place by accesscollege.ie, which really does explain step by step. And remember, people are not... I know you've just been speaking to Paddy O'Brien and people are upset and they don't see people and I have the greatest sympathy for all of that. But at the same time, in the system, there are people there available to, to help. To, I'm talking about the, the students now yeah. here and Access and Dale and the CAO and the colleges. Those people are still there. Yeah, yeah. pick up the phone or you can go online and, and get the information you need. So this Wednesday is the 20th of uh, January. That's Initial the day you, you get you get your application fee slightly and, discounted. And the, and the HPAT is another one that's very important. Okay. And some are concerned about that. And I had a query from a, a mother of a student and she was uh, concerned about the HPAT and how would that be done. And all That's from medicine, isn't it? Yeah, for yeah, okay. to the medicine. The restrictive yeah. courses. See, the restrictive courses are very important in, in the sense that they must be uh, specified by the 1st of February because there are additional uh, items that have to be dealt with, like the HPAT, the test, the health professional admissions test. There could be portfolios. There could be auditions, all of these. But they have brought that into the system. There are ways of doing that. And uh, with the HPAT, there will be an online, day. of course, the students who are interested in that, they have to make contact. All of the details is set out very clearly on the HPAP site and they, it will be via remote proctoring. Is that a new word? <laughs> remote? Give it to me again. Proctoring. Never. That's a new oh, one on me. No. That's I'm a new one on me. Yeah, well done. And the closing date for that is also this Wednesday, yes, the, the 20th. But that, but that is where the students will be observed at, at a distance. Okay. The working, so that and what about um, mature applicants? Yes, indeed, mature applicants. And the 1st of February again for them. And in that regard, they had an, uh, lovely information last week with what is now called MTU, which was CIT, Monster Technological University, two great colleges coming together. That's the CIT and Tralee IT. Mm. So that's now MTU. And they are available also with regard to the university, University College Cork. They also have information sessions uh, coming up in January. But both of them have said that we will deal individually with mature applicants if they're interested. And I have met that too quite a bit, Patricia, people in situations where they have lost their job or where they believe they may not return to that job. This is a huge issue. So some people are considering going back uh, to upskill on some course. Uh, I know a full-time course is more than upskilling, but there would be some options for mature applicants. Changing, changing their career path. Well, some of them, yeah. courses, some of them. And then and we've had a couple of listeners on whose, uh, there was one uh, mother, her daughter took a gap year because she didn't get the course yes. that she wanted last year. Yes. What's, what's important for those students who sat their leaving search in 2020? Well, they didn't sit it. They got predictive grades. If they decided to take a year out, do they reapply? They reapply. Yeah. Or if they have been granted 
you know, that they, that they were allowed from the college to leave the, co- or to leave the course last year. They didn't take up the course. And so they have to reapply and make sure that they have all their documentation uh, correct with regard to maybe they have deferred the course, you say. I, I'm not quite sure what yeah. the situation would be. So they could have deferred, although the number of students deferring wasn't as high. No, I, I think it was they just didn't get the course, so they did. it wasn't a deferred. They decided not to go to college. Well, then so. all the more reason to put in for depending on the points and we don't know what way the points will go from one year to the next level 8 level 7 6 and never forget the CTAC the post leaving their courses which give access into higher education the apprenticeships the training programs and also the springboard courses which allow people to consider at least an upskilling option yeah, it isn't all about going to third level. There's so many different choices out there. But we will go back where we started. It's all on research, uh, Roisin. You need to know, research the course thoroughly. Make sure that you're interested in it. Well, absolutely. Because it, and it's not just uh, where you're going to get at the end of the destination. It's the journey on route. Well done, well <laughs> done. Well done. Well be nice. OK, we'll speak again um, in the not too distant future, Roisin. In the meantime, stay safe. Thank you very much. And look much. after and yourself. Best of luck to all the students. Thanks a million. Bye bye. That is uh, Roisin Kelleher, our career guidance expert. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed on special education and will special needs schools open on Thursday which is the intention of uh, certainly Norma Foley the Minister for Education wants special education to be children to be back in their classroom as a lot of the support groups uh, do as well but here's a teacher who works in uh, special education sends a very lengthy WhatsApp. Thank you uh, for your text this morning. Uh, and anyway, dear Patricia, I heard, I, I work in special education as a teacher. I heard on the news on Friday night that schools are to reopen for children with special ed next Thursday. My union, the INTO, had not even communicated with the members. FORSA, who represents the SNAs, have said no agreement has been reached yet. I have concern for all of my pupils. I've spent all weekend getting ready for remote learning today. Day. There really is no switch off. Teaching children with special education is a passion of mine. Groups such as Autism Ireland and Down Syndrome Ireland have been calling for school buildings to reopen, yet they all work remotely themselves, as do other services such as occupational therapy and speech and language. The call to send our most vulnerable back into the classroom is outrageous. It's all about inclusion, where this removes the child with special education even more. Their peers without special needs will be at home safely learning. It's discrimination for staff also. Teachers of mainstream can work remotely from home while special education teachers, SNAs, bus escorts, bus drivers are all put at risk. While the CMO, Dr Tony Houlihan, is appealing for everyone to stay at home, we have the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, calling for schools to be reopened. It's unsafe. Hospitals are at breaking point. Student nurse placements have been cancelled and staff are being called back back into work when they're on leave. Patricia, I'm very worried and I'm scared for the whole special education community with the announcement of the new figures on Friday night. The Department of Education sent the letter to school principals at 8pm on Friday night. I've been sick with worry all weekend while getting ready for remote learning for the week ahead. Childcare of, for my children also, is a huge issue and for my colleagues, creches are short-staffed. Thanking you, Patricia. And that's signed a very concerned special education special eds needs teacher who puts a final note health trumps 
everything else. Contact tracing is under pressure. Uh, very concerned for my health and the children in my uh, care. Okay, that's from a teacher. It's uh, special education. It doesn't want the schools to reopen on Thursday for sure. 1850 Other WhatsApps coming in to us. Somebody who doesn't want their name to be called out, which is fine is questioning the farmer's market uh, and talking about a farmer's market at the weekend that was an absolute disgrace. Lots of people wearing masks, but the amount of people were just sickening to look at. Why have we been staying at home, adhering to the rules when others simply don't care? And I've seen some newspaper reaction as well. Some of the farmer's markets seem to be, because you would think they're outside, you know, with social distancing, but I don't know whether the social distancing isn't working at all at the farmer's markets. Because I saw some of the farmer's markets Markets decided when Level 5 kicked in not to have markets and some towns decided and villages not to have markets but some markets are going ahead. You just listen and I say it again if you went, if you go, you want to go to a farmer's market and you go there and you're not feeling comfortable get back in the car and just leave it for another day. Go get your item somewhere where you are uh, feeling comfortable. Hi Patricia on the number of people who came came from Brazil and this was shocked me that 1,500 arrivals from Brazil in the last two weeks into this country completely taken aback by that. Somebody said there are no direct flights for me the Brazil are South Africa so how did they manage to get into this country? A lot of those people surely are working in meat factories and if they are it's too late now to ask them to go to their GP and isolate our government are proving to be a bit of a joke. We've got the Chief Medical Officer saying stay at home and yet you have Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, telling people to go back to work in the schools. What is the story really? Says a uh, texter. And also coming in, there are WhatsApps coming in by uh, Texas Questions in for Annalise. Thank you for that. We spoke with Paddy O'Brien about older people and how we all need to try and keep up and check in either by phone or if you can call socially distanced do a window visit to elderly neighbours and uh, friends and family members one listener says my mum is in her 90s and I've had her with me for the last three weeks but yesterday she got up and decided I'm going home take me home and I had to take her home and she is living on her own listen you can't you know she's a woman in her 90s if she wants to go back to her own house and be on her own you can't do that either you've obviously been great in offering her a place to stay for the last three weeks and I'm sure she's really appreciated staying with you for the last uh, three weeks but maybe she wants time in her own as well I think what Paddy's talking about is very different. Paddy is talking about people who are on their own and are desperately in need of company and somebody to talk to. Very, very different uh, indeed. And no doubt you'll keep checking in on your mother to make sure that she is uh, okay. Hi Patricia, could you get the Taoiseach Micheál Martin on the radio and let us at him, says says John by text. He needs somebody to open his eyes. All he has to do is look at the hospitals as a result of the December the 1st call to open up this country. The government are worse than any coronavirus. I feel there's no real leadership and there's no law enforcement, says John. Pat in Cork says, Patricia, it's very maddening for people to be asked by our government to go to the extreme and unnatural practice of a full lockdown when people can come in from the north and reinfect the population here. It all seems a great 
big waste of time. Micah says, hi Patricia, I'm listening to you about COVID-19. We saw what happened before Christmas when the pubs reopened. In my area where I live, we've had a huge caseload and some are in very serious condition. Actually, some are in ICU as a result. You had TD screaming to open the pubs, etc. And people travelling from every county and indeed from other countries as well. Look at where we are now. Mark my words, in years to come, we will have a Taoiseach apologising for the mishandling of the pandemic. That's uh, from Michael. Thanks for that, Michael. Someone else says, why should this government be strict on citizens when the rest of the world can come and go here and infect big time? Politicians should have an IQ test before running for office to ensure that they have a basic level of common sense. Our government have, have proven to be considerably slow and they're lacking in common sense. Well, they, they, yeah, people were allowed into this country, at least now from Saturday, they have to have a negative COVID-19 test. But some would say that's a bit late. Are the 1,500 Brazilian people who came into this country in the last two weeks, are they connected with the beef factories? We don't know. We assume, that, yeah, a lot of a lot of people from Brazil work in the meat factories, but we don't know where they're working. Uh, they could be working, in, they could be nurses, they could be doctors, they could be in offices. We don't know where they're, where they're working. Uh, perhaps they were returning to Ireland after Christmas break. Yeah, I imagine if they came in in the last two weeks, I'd say that's exactly it. They went home for uh, Christmas. John says, Patricia, Michal Martin, the Taoiseach, said we will all be vaccinated by September. What planet is he on? The Brazilian version is on its way. Make no bones about it. Uh, we are lambs to the slaughter because of this government and decisions they've made. That's from John. Hi Patricia, will hair and beauty salons, do you think they'll open on the 1st of uh, February? No. I, I personally don't think they will. Not with the way the figures are going. I mean the 1st of February is two weeks today and while I'd love to go to a hair salon and get my hair done. I'd like to go to a beauty salon and have a treatment done, but I don't think I'll be doing it in, in two weeks' time uh, for sure. I don't think anything is going to reopen until figures, the numbers of COVID positive cases come down. I was reading a piece yesterday on one of the Sunday papers and they reckon schools and construction probably will be the first to reopen. But what I was reading, they were looking at March before anything else uh, reopens. It's going to be a long time before we can get, we're averaging what, about 3,000 new cases, new cases every day be a long time to get them down even to below 100 it'll be a long long a good number of weeks and months ahead I think we're in this lockdown for the long haul Hi Patricia I'm living in Yall and I was speaking to two people yesterday and they told me that they're living in Cork City they wait for this they took the back roads to Yall no problem to them I was absolutely shocked also I think they should start really enforcing asking people will you please do this will you please do that is simply not working and it almost sounds like they were boasting oh you know we avoided the main roads because that's where the Gardaí will be it really is uh, shameful and Ross is picking up on the piece that I mentioned about the government saying that they're going to implement a stricter uh, regime for inbound uh, travellers and there's also the talks that will they look at having something like quarantining inbound travellers and making it a mandatory quarantine. At the moment we just ask people to restrict their movement but they're talking about looking at making it mandatory but sources say that could it could be legally complex. Ross says legally complex my foot. Other countries can do it but we can say oh no no we couldn't we'll never be allowed to do that. If 
others can do it, why can't we wait until half of us are dead, says uh, Ross. Someone else says, what's the betting? There'll be a huge outbreak in the meat uh, factories. Uh, people should not be have been allowed to travel out of this country and travel back in again. number of people are asking the same this following the same question about the participants from Operation Transformation who were allowed to travel to RT from all over the country and they were on the late late show on Friday night. They were all in studio, none of them were wearing masks. How essential was that? I'm assuming when they were back in the green room they were wearing masks. They were all socially distant in the studio, but a lot are asking why are they allowed to uh, travel, you know, if they were stopped by the Gardaí, is that an essential journey? Oh, sorry, I'm on the way to the TV studios and going on uh, TV, which, yeah, be an interesting chat with a member of Angarda, Shia Kona. On the Leaving Cert, a West Cork listener says, why should the state exams be cancelled this year? Do children today not study on their own nowadays? When I was in school in the 80s, I opened a book and I studied. Simple, says a West Cork listener. Well, if you were listening to Brian earlier on, uh, a West Cork student, it's not that he hasn't the ability to study. He hasn't got the course covers. That's the problem. Remember, this Leaving Cert class missed a full term last year from March through to June where they would have been doing their coursework and they've already now they're into a week of remote learning and let's be honest they're going to be probably a month doing remote learning if not more so they're in a kind of a different situation even to last year's Leaving Cert students but certainly to every other Leaving Cert student they just haven't the course covered if they have the whole course covered then certainly they would be able to study and Margaret says Morning uh, Patricia you know what our Irish people are just so impatient at the moment we're all in very different and difficult times we're annoyed with the government we're annoyed with no- Norma Foley the Education Minister we're annoyed with Neffet and hearing you earlier we're annoyed with the weather uh, people we are in uncertain times and we don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. I'd love if all this aggro would simply stop. I'm 78 years old. We've enough to eat. We've enough to heat our homes. Most people have cars. And most of all, we are a nation of healthy people. So please, folks, calm and everything will be OK. Please, God. And that's signed by Margaret. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Mallow Meals on Wheels would like to remind people that they are available Monday to Friday for deliveries to regular and new clients. They would especially like to hear from people who are isolating. You can phone Eleanor on 087 289 They're also asking for volunteers who would make themselves available to help deliver meals. But please reach out if you're in the Mallow area and you're isolating. You can have a lovely, healthy, nutritious meal delivered Monday to Friday. Compliments of the great people of Mallow Meals on Wheels. And the staff of Daily Industrial Supply Company are continuing to collectively one walk, cycle, hike and swim 1,200 kilometres during this month in an effort to raise money for the Cork Simon community. You can donate through their Just Giving page. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Now here's a lovely story for us. Um, Eilish, one of our listeners from Canturk, uh, contacted us. And this is an example of what a great little country 
and what a great little county we live in. And that when you reach out to say, I need a little bit of help, there's always people available and there's always somebody who'll say, no problem, we'll get on to that, we'll sort it out. And uh, Eilish joins us to share the story with us. Good morning to you, Eilish. Uh, good morning, Patricia. And, and, and you're welcome. Now, it's your, your, your gorgeous Auntie Eileen who ended up in hospital. It is. It's my auntie Eileen from Newmarket. Okay, so she ended up, or is a patient in the Mercy Hospital in Cork? She is. Eileen was uh, rushed to uh, the Mercy Hospital in Cork on Thursday last, Patricia. Okay. And I suppose at that time, um, as I say, she was rushed away by ambulance. And just as regards to the the bare essentials that she needed um, in being taken away. And we, we were at a very minimal, you know. Yeah. So I suppose it went from there and um, yesterday, oh, on first day on Saturday, I said I would do a little bit of online ordering. Because so, she contacted you to say, I now need items that I don't have. Yeah, she yeah. had she, she had the need for a couple of items. As I say, she had the bare minimum with her, yeah. but there were a few other items that she also required. So and I, you were not in a position to just jump in the car and drop the stuff up? Unfortunately not, I suppose. Um, for myself, I suppose I'm medically shielding Patricia. Okay, fine. And also I care for my mother who's in the extremely medical vulnerable category. Okay. So I suppose my hands were quite tight with even hardly to be able to go outside my own gate and let alone get to the city and get to the shops and get these items. So there was a whole host array of things that were, I was really, really up against. Okay. Uh, but there for the weekend and um, kind of, I thought, you know, what's the fastest way? And usually kind of with the online ordering, you know, um, it's usually a good turnaround service. And in that, they done stores who deliver maybe within next day dispatch and the following day delivery. Yeah. So I said on Saturday night, uh, about eight o'clock, I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll order them from done and got the pajamas and the towels, etc., etc. And, um, yeah, I said, okay, they might be with Eileen on Monday, if I'm lucky. Okay. So, I also, I did the same for Boots Pharmacy, ordered online. All of the toiletries that she wanted and stuff. All of the toiletries is right. So, you woke up yesterday morning and decided what? So, (laughs) that was Saturday night, having ordered. Oh, and having looked at the Boots, the dispatch note, and only to find out that they'd be coming in from the UK and they'd, ar- they'd arrive in Cork City to be collected for Auntie Eileen next Friday. Oh, good yeah. God. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, so you had a problem? Oh, I had a problem and I had a big problem. I went to bed Saturday night thinking, OK, what can I do? What, if any more, I can do? So Sunday morning, got up, had some breakfast and um, put on the thinking cap again. So um, my next uh, port of call. I said, okay, what if I ring the shop in Cork? Dunn Stores. Boots. So Dunn Stores, Parchick Street, Cork, and Boots Pharmacy, Parchick Street. And I said, look, I'll give it a chance. What have I to lose? Hopefully, I'll gain something and try and get the essentials that I need for Eileen. So um, with that, anyway, I set about making my phone calls. And um, to the wonderful staff of Dunn's birthday in Partick Street, Cork, was contacted lovely lady there on the telephone, um, who, who put me out to the shop assistant, a lady by the name of Nicole. And I suppose um, Patricia, she pulled out all the stops. To be fair, I explained my situation and the critical urgency and how I had my auntie over in the Mercy Hospital who needed all these few items, the essentials. So Nicole went 
all around the floor, picked out the items that I had already ordered online the previous night, went through everything with her. She took down the style numbers, etc., etc. Picked out all the items. Now, they didn't have the pyjamas that I had ordered. Okay. She came up with the next possible alternative. And she said, oh, I have a dressing gown here. And just, like she pulled out all the stops in fairness and then put me on to the manager, um, Amelda. They took the payment over the phone and they said we leave them in the most convenient location possible for someone to pick them up. Okay. okay. All for right. someone to pick them up. So that's where I was at that point. Okay. So I suppose big shout out, massive shout out to the, the staff there who done stores in what they did yesterday morning. And it doesn't finish there, Patricia, because my next thing was to go to Boots. So again, here I was at home in Cantorque, um, in my kitchen and saying, OK, I'll ring Boots Pharmacy and I'll explain the situation to them. Um, so there I was greeted by um, the lovely Owen, the pharmacist. And um, there was Joanne and Kira. OK. Right. So they went around the floor. Again, picked out all the tighter trees, and I mean just something as simple now as face cloth, fur soap, deodorant, etc., etc., and put them in a bag for me. Took the payment, and again said, "We'll leave them somewhere as convenient location as possible for someone to call in and pick them up." Okay, so so now you you now have two bags: (laughs) uh, one in Dons, one in Boots on Patrick Street, and and then you you came up with a great idea. I think this is clever. You rang a taxi company. I did. Oh, before all that, Patricia, because I must get out this wonderful, there's an excellent community service out there that I don't think enough people are aware of. And perhaps if they are aware of that, they don't know enough about it and they may not be aware of what a wonderful, wonderful facility the staff of the local authority um, run this. It's the COVID Community Call Response Support Line, Okay. Yeah. The COVID Community Call Response Support Line support line. It, there is one in the city and both in the it's county. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they, were, they, were, they were set up, yeah, with they, they were set up yeah. at the start, back in March, they, yeah. They were indeed, yeah. and they kind of, they were set up to help the most, our most vulnerable people of society. So we were really a system, I suppose, in the day-to-day tasks, like if they had medications to pick up from the pharmacy, uh, grocery shopping, collection of pensions. And I suppose then as the months went by and we went further into the pandemic and they have assisted with more difficult and challenging situations and they continue to be out there in full support. And I suppose it's mainly meant by the staff of the local authority and I can give you the numbers there at the end if you'd like to call them out because it's important to protect those or members or most vulnerable members of society and acknowledge people. And So did you contact them? I did. Yeah, I did. and they suggested getting on to a taxi service, uh, was it? No. No? So I contacted them and I told them of the situation. And in fact, I got a call back from them today and they would have went in and picked up the goods and taken them over to my auntie. Ah. Okay? Yeah. So in the meanwhile, this was Sunday, I said, oh, I'd love to get them over to her today, you know. And I've obviously been in the hospital environment and, you know, a change of clothes and that and so, so important, you know. So with that, I rang up Satellite Taxis in Cork, where a lovely girl by the name of Kira took my call, okay? Yeah. I gave her the details. I said, oh, would you be able to do this for me, you know, as in sending a driver to Boots, sending a driver to um, Duns, get this stuff over to the Mercy? I she said, yeah, this should be no problem. 
So within about 10 minutes, I had a text on my phone. Hi, your driver, Hamid, uh, will be picking up the goods, taking them by taxi and going to the Mercy Hospital. Okay? Yeah. So I got a call from Mohammed. Oh, he said, where are those goods? One is at Booth, at the front door, ready for collections, the other in Dunn. Ahmed went to Dunn's and Booth, um, pulled out all the stops again, excellent, um, excellent communication over the phone, and took them to the Mercy Hospital. Prior to that, I had rang the Mercy Hospital, lovely girl on reception there by the name of Anne. She said, when the taxi driver comes in, tell him, turn right, deposit the goods into the trolley and back out the door. No hanging around, no waiting. Uh, very, very clearly instructive and uh, the professionalism and the efficiency of the staff there in the Mercy. Um, I suppose also to the wonderful and caring staff on the Mercy hospitals, the frontline workers, the nurses, the doctors, etc., etc., and where they work tirelessly day in, day out um, to care for, for all the patients. And so a massive, massive thanks and shout out there as well. So within minutes, parcel arrived Thanks. and it got sent, sent up. Did you speak to Auntie Eileen? She Patricia, got all her bits? She got all her bits. Brilliant. And produced it just on follow-up to the Mercy, the phone call there. Within five minutes of the taxi driver dropping off the goods, um, I was instructed, oh, they're gone up to the That's fantastic. Rest. That's just... You know? that, and as yeah. you say, they're all strangers uh, to you, but they rallied around as if they were close friends and family members and it's, nothing nothing was, was, was too much of a hassle for any of them. It's like, fantastic. You know, I suppose with, without all of them yesterday and but for their kindness, Patricia, and reaching out and with all the combined efforts and helping me get things together, it would not have been possible for... Oh, well done. And well done for you. Well done to you for contacting us because I think it's really nice to, particularly to acknowledge, we all know the fantastic work that's going on in in the hospitals, um, especially in the Mercy Hospital. But it's really good to, the the people who are working in retail and the people who Mm -hmm. work in, in our pharmacies, they have worked throughout all of the lockdowns. They have been essential workers. They They have have turned up day in, day out to make sure that we have food on our table, clothes on our back, medication that we need. And the taxi drivers as well. They're incredible. So well done. And Auntie Eileen is doing well by all accounts. Auntie Eileen, thank God, is making a good recovery. Great, great. uh, We hope to God that she'll be home very soon. And a massive shout out to her there. She's listening to me this morning. Well, we send on our best wishes to Eileen and hope she does make a full recovery. Listen, Eilish, well, well, thank you for taking Um, the time out because I'm sure all the people you've mentioned uh, will appreciate it uh, as well. Listen, stay safe, Eilish. Patricia, and you can pass me over to John Paul and I'll let the numbers there at the community's Perfect, uh, okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, take care, take care. That's Eilish joining us in uh, Cantork. And well done to everybody who helped out there and rallied around. 1850-333-103. Lines are open. Annalise Roussel, our nutrition therapist, up next. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance. Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... 
things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Annalise Trissella, nutritional therapist, uh, joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. Uh, you're okay, straight in. A lot of questions in, so we'll get straight in. Here's the first one. Hi, could Annalise, what would Annalise recommend? I suffer from chill, chill blains, which are really sore. Now, I do work in a cold warehouse for eight hours a day, and I know that that could be the reason. Is that very definitely the reason? Very definitely. The reason, it's a, very common for people who work outdoors um, and particularly people who would be working in milking parlours. It's very common. I have a lot of customers with chillblains and some very, very, very extreme cases. So I've built up a bit of a, um, a library of things that work. And the first thing I would suggest, firstly, for just relieving the immediate itch and pain, is either the Dr. Dealish Clare healing cream or the Dr. Dealish Clare anti-itch cream. So that can help take the pain out of it straight away. And then the other two things that can work well. One of them is um, a herbal um, extract called viola tricolore. They're those beautiful little pansies with the tiny little faces. Um, And it's the extract of that. And that can be very good for itchy skin conditions. And the other thing that seems to work well is a, a horseradish and garlic supplement by Viridian. And that just helps to improve circulation. So if your circulation is working better... Um, you're less likely and prone to get chill blains. Another thing that can work for some people, if they get chill blains and if they're prone to varicose veins, again, that's a big circulatory issue. Horse chestnut and hawthorn are very good. So you can get hawthorn as a tea and drink it as a tea, but you'll have to get the horse chestnut either as a gel to rub in to the veins and the chill blains or you can take it as an oral supplement as well. Okay, a lot, lot of suggestions there. Hi Annalise, I'm currently on cholesterol tablets. I take one in the morning at about half past 11. Do you think that's the correct time to be taking a cholesterol tablet? So it very much depends, Patricia. I think uh, convenience is always a large factor because if you think if it, they do suggest that you take it at night time um, and with your main, after your main meal. So I think that will be the most common advice from a doctor but I could be corrected there however for a lot of people they may not be able to take it at that time or they don't remember to take it at that time and for some people it actually affects their sleep to take it at that time so therefore in that case take it in the morning the best rule is to go and get your cholesterol checked and if it's all fine obviously everything is working well. Okay. Hi. Uh, question for Annalise, please. My daughter who's in her 20s was diagnosed by her doctor via phone call. That's the way they're doing all the appointments at the moment as having bacterial vaginitis. She's been prescri- prescribed antibiotics. Uh, what causes this and is there any health product to take to prevent this from happening again? So basically, Patricia, it's, it's very common. That's the first thing to say. It also happens a lot when people go swimming in rivers or maybe where there might be bacteria that would be able to get into the vagina and cause the vagin- bacterial vaginitis. Um, for a lot of women as well, if they have taken a lot of antibiotics, they are more prone to it because they don't have a good population of healthy bacteria in there that will sort of crowd out any uh, of the bad bacteria that can cause the bacterial vaginitis. So the 
actually the antibiotic for it is very, very strong and a lot of people do end up developing thrush afterwards. So I would definitely take a a probiotic at the same time. And one of the very good ones is BioCult Candia. It's spelled C-A-N-D-E-A. There's a little bit of garlic and grapefruit seed extract in there. And that's very good if you are prone for thrush. And you can insert one as well to make it work much quicker. And then in terms of prevention, I think it is about for women having a healthy flora, in healthy vaginal flora. And there are a number of different products. OptiBac do a women's only product for that. The one I mentioned before, the BioCult Candia, C-A-N-D-E-A, is another excellent one. And if you can't get your hands on those, just a good quality probiotic will do. Okay, hi, Mary from Mitchestown. Hi, Annalise. The soles of my feet are very sore every day. Now, I change my socks every day. It doesn't make any difference. I don't suffer from weight issues, but I'm just wondering what could get rid of the pain. Soles of my feet. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's a very... The feet and the legs are the most mysterious parts, I think, of the body (laughs) in things that can go wrong without any sort of direct cause. So a lot of people get burning soles of their feet. They get pain in the soles of their feet. They might get restless feet or very, very hot feet. That's quite a common one. And it could be down to a variety of different reasons. I mean, it could be a nerve pain that might be residual from shingles, possibly. Um, It could be uh, iron deficiency often causes burning or twitching in in muscles and legs. Magnesium deficiency is another big one. I nearly always start with magnesium in the shop. I give people a magnesium gel that I tell them to keep in the fridge and put on because it's very soothing. Um, You'll get that in any health shop and a lot of pharmacies as well. And if you're deficient in magnesium, that will sort it out. If it's com- if it's combined with restless legs, sometimes quinine can work and you can get either a prescription for your doctor from that, but not to be taken long term, or you can drink a good quality tonic water that has quinine in it. That can help sometimes. And then there is a, a homeopathic supplement that can sometimes help from, you know, if you have a lot of... Um, Um, pain in the plantar fascia which is a big muscle in the foot that can end up causing a lot of pain Um, and one homeopathic remedy that can work very well for that is called Ruta Grava R-U-T-A G-R-A-V-A and you can get that in any health shop Okay, Mary says, Hi, Annalise. Uh, sometimes I feel sick before I eat, but then as soon as I eat, I seem to be okay. Other days, I don't seem to have any mind uh, for eating. Could this be due to menopause, which I'm currently going through? Could be, possibly. wouldn't rule it out. However, it's more likely to be a little bit of an acidic stomach. It's a very common thing with people who get acid reflux. And you don't always have the symptoms of heartburn or sore throat or an acid feeling in your throat, you can have silent reflux. And actually, it's quite a common question that a naturopath would ask would be, do you feel sick um, unless you eat? And would you feel sick if you took a vitamin tablet on an empty stomach? So that would often mean there's a release of acid that gives you that nauseous feeling. So what I would suggest there probably is a course of slippery elm just to make sure there's no inflammation. You can get it in capsular powder form and I would take it before you eat and it can help you know bring your appetite back as well if your appetite is because your stomach is making you feel a bit nauseous and sick Okay a listener who's suffering from nerve uh, pain tending the doctor getting pain relief but wondering is there any natural remedy for nerve pain? So that's a difficult one Patricia really because I don't know where the nerve is if it's in the skin is it as a result of shingles is it nerve pain because it's been trapped or has it been damaged um, nerve pain can be one of the more difficult ones to get because 
Um, there's, you know, there's there's so many complex issues that can cause the nerve pain. With sciatica, I generally recommend for people that they um, they actually go and get a very good osteopath who specialises in that area and who specialises in the management of sciatic pain, if that's the nerve pain being discussed there. Otherwise, you could use a rub. And there's a couple of good ones like the um, capacin, which is the extract of cayenne pepper and chili peppers, has often been used um, for nerve pain in studies. So the Pernaton gel, it's spelled P-E-R-N-A-T-O-N um, forte. It's the it's the red box that has got quite a lot of capacin in it. And if you put it on, it does heat up and that can help with topical nerve pain if it's on the skin. OK. Hi, Annalise. Um, is it important for me and my family to take vitamin C and D, especially now? We don't normally take supplements at the moment. That's from Margaret. Well, I think vitamin D is an absolute essential. And this year, more than any other year, because we just do not get it from our food. So other vitamins, you could argue, you get from a good diet. But vitamin D, really, we get from the action of sunlight on our skin. It converts collect the cholesterol molecules involved as well. Um, converts into the active vitamin D form. And if we don't get it from the sunshine, we can get it from animals. In fact, the, the fat and the food from animals, if they've been outdoors. But all our animals are indoors now. And chickens and eggs, they're indoors all year round, really, unless you know the chickens from a local farmer that are outdoors. So it's really important. A lot of the studies coming out at the moment are showing that people who end up having worse symptoms of COVID have had low status vitamin D levels. So normally I say clock change to clock change, which is really October to kind of the end of April. But this year I'm saying all year round. For children, you're looking at, small children, you're looking at about 400 um, IUs. And for all other young teenagers, adults, 1,000 IUs should be enough per day. And I was reading over the weekend studies showing how vitamin D is helping people with COVID-19 in hospitals. Yeah, and actually there's other hospitals as well, Patricia, that are do use infusions of vitamin C because vitamin C would be a very powerful natural antioxidant and could maybe dial down the cytokine response. So we don't do that here in this country. It's not a part of a normal medical therapy. But a lot of people do swear by taking vitamin C for boosting their immune system. So it certainly won't do you any harm. In high doses vitamin D, you can overdose, but vitamin C you can't overdose really too much. It just would cause uh, maybe a loose stool at the worst case scenario. Okay, a number of people, I'll put them all in together because they're similar questions looking for recommendations to ease the pain of arthritis or osteoporosis. So there are two separate things really. So arthritis is where the cartilage protection and in between joints has worn down. So you're getting bone on bone pain there and it becomes very inflamed and very swollen. So the best thing to build cartilage are things like glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, which is a sulfur-based product. And the new generation products have got um, collagen in there, Patricia. And Revive Active would be a lovely Irish brand to support. They do a very good one that supports the joints with collagen, but it also has stuff in bones for osteoporosis. For osteoporosis, then, you're looking at, you definitely need your vitamin D for the absorption of calcium. There's studies that suggest high doses of calcium, Patricia, can increase women's risk of heart disease. So I prefer to say to people, get your calcium, um, high doses of calcium from your diet and don't take a high dose in your supplement. But make sure it's got vitamin D. It has vitamin K2 because that's very important for getting it onto your bone. And other things that are important as well are vitamin C and boron. And most good health bone supplements will have all of those in there. 
In terms of the joint supplements that work well in the shop, I definitely get great feedback on the Revive Joint Active. I also get very good feedback on the Solgar 7, which has seven different ingredients in there for inflammation and for joint support. And another lovely one is a Terranova one, which has got glucosamine in there and also a bit of Boswellia and MSM for natural anti-inflammatory support. Okay, and here's an unusual one for Maureen in Cove. When she wakes in the morning, she gets a fit of sneezing. That is followed by her eyelids becoming sore, red and inflamed. What she's been doing is putting a teaspoon into the freezer and putting that onto the eyelids to try to calm down the eyelids. Other than that, she's fine. All she ends up with is very red, swollen and inflamed eyelids. Uh, uh, with a sneezing fit. Sounds allergic to me, Patricia. Yeah, so there's yeah. something that, I mean, if it was just sneezing, you know, some people just sneeze when they look at the sun and it's not an allergy thing really, but it it does, um, the swollen eyelids and the itchy eyelids red, that's all definitely histamine, some kind of an allergy. It would be a good test to maybe take an antihistamine from the pharmacy to see if that helped. Um, if you don't want to take an antihistamine long term, there's a couple of natural antihistamines. Stinging nettle is very good. Cursetin is a lovely one. And cursetin's getting a lot of attention in the natural world at the moment for its role in helping with COVID, um, preventing getting COVID, supporting the immune system. But cursetin is a lovely natural anti-inflammatory. You get it a lot in apples, Patricia. Um, so the old wives where they would have said apple a day keeps the doctor away, they were bang on. And the other thing where you get a lot of cursetin is actually in the skin of onions. So when I use onions, I always save the skins. And then when I'm boiling up my chicken bones for um, a stock for soup, I throw in all the old onion skins and I get the cursetin out into my, my bone broth. Wow. Is that one of the reasons why onions make your, can make you cry? No, I think that's a different compound. That's oh, one of the compounds you'd also find in, um, in garlic. It's a very strong sulfurous compound. Um, and which is so good, it does burn our eyes and make us cry. But actually, that compound is amazing for joints and skin and fantastic for some of the detoxification pathways in the liver, particularly for estrogen. So if there's any family history of estrogenic cancers or if you get very bad menopause symptoms or PMT, put in loads of those onions and garlic into your diet. There you go. Onions are good for you. Listen, thank you for that, Annelise. Have a lovely week and we'll talk thank next you, Monday. Patricia. Thanks for joining us. That's the wonderful Annelise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Ballangolic. That's where I have to leave you for today. My apologies that we didn't get around to all of your texts and WhatsApps and comments today, but I promise you we do read them all when we go off air and uh, we'll synopsize and bring some of them to you tomorrow when we kick off uh, the programme. Uh, thank you to John Paul who took your calls uh, today. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we will be back with you tomorrow morning for Tuesday's edition of the programme at 10 o'clock. On to then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Look after yourselves, look after each other and more than anything, it's so important to stay safe. Have a good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.